Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighters Fury Inside the Heart of a Champion with your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighters Fury on AM790 The Ticket. Everybody, welcome on in. Fighters Fury here on the ticket. Tobin here with you as we'll dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing for the next hour. Very exciting week locally in mixed martial arts. And we'll get into all the action from last night. But locally, very exciting week in terms of the UFC card that is coming down here to the BB&T Center. They're making their return as we finally have our main event. The news is official. We have... Yoel Romero rematching Jacare Souza, a 2015 rematch, which was very controversial, an amazing fight, uh, very seesaw, and listen, left a lot of people questioning who actually won that bout. So they're going to run it back five rounds this time, and it should be amazing. Yoel Romero was so crucial to, to being a part of this South Florida card. He was the last time, makes his home down here. Um, is just a, is a guy the community can get behind. And we talked about this when the card was announced that it looked a little bit lackluster, but that it, it just didn't seem like all the chips had fallen yet, that it was still at a point where we, we were waiting for the main event shoe to drop. And I, I, we did mention that this whole Yoel thing, this dynamic that was going on where he was on this reality show, the same one that Hori Masvidal was on, and He's not really supposed to be in contact with anybody, so I don't know if there was some some side dealings or whatnot, but it was uh, he finally got eliminated off of it, so they were able to make the fight happen. the uh, The initial bout was that was reported was that it was going to be against Paulo Costa, and apparently they went in the direction of Jacare. I haven't really seen the details as to why they went in that direction, but it's still an excellent fight. You're talking about. Two guys who throw down. Jacare just had an incredible win over Chris Weidman. Blasted him with a with a with an amazing knockout punch. Uh, you know, Weidman's had a couple of devastating knockout losses to both of these gentlemen. But this is one where you have two guys who respect each other a lot. Two two all time greats that you have at the middleweight division, very highly ranked. You got yourself an an absolute scrap in the main event now, South Florida. So. It's great that that has finally fallen into place. This is definitely a main event, I think, that this market can get behind. And awesome. Really awesome. Um, it doesn't have the new car smell, maybe, that the that the Paulo Costa one did. And I think people were looking forward to that. But still, this one has history to it. Uh, you have two tested title contenders in this division. Um, I would imagine whoever wins this fight is going to be right back in there. I mean, the middleweight division is in a spot right now where it's very healthy. Very healthy. You have a, a, a Israel Adesanya and Kelvin Gastelum who are going to be fighting next month for the interim title. Robert Whitaker, hopefully he has a, a quick recovery to that intestine thing. So the winner of that championship fight, you imagine, is going to fight Whitaker, but the winner of this fight is going to be right back in there. And Yoel, he's had a couple title shots. One got missed because of weight, um, but he's always going to be in the mix there. And Jacare the same way. These guys are so damn good. They, they're so skilled. That they're going to be right there. This is this has become a division that was uh, at a point where you had a lot of the same the the same faces, but now you got this new wave of of young generation that's kind of getting in there as well. So so really awesome. Now, here's a big deal for all my fight fans out there, 
and everybody who uh, listens to this show who wants to go to this card. We got a hookup for you, all right? If you tune in every day this week between 1 and 4 during my show with Leroy and Beast, we will be giving a pair of tickets away to the UFC card at BB&T Center every single day this week. So you tune in 1 to 4. At some point, we'll be giving the tickets away to go see the card on April 27th at the BB&T Center. That's a that's that's a that's pretty awesome, pretty awesome deal. So looking forward to that, and it should be a fun week. So again, if you guys want to go see this card, and you want to get the uh, the hookup to go, be listening one to four every single day this week with uh, with my show with uh, with Leroy and Beast, and we will be giving you uh, a chance to win a pair of tickets to go see Yoel Romero, Jacare Souza in the rematch. Hot damn! So very much looking forward to that. The other news that was announced for this card, apparently Greg Hardy is going to be making his UFC return. He's going to be taking on Dmitry Smolikov. And Greg Hardy is looking, of course, for a little bit of redemption as he had a controversial ending to his last fight where it wasn't going well. Um, he was he he looked uh he looked pretty gassed in that in that high range stage and then of course delivered that illegal knee that ended the fight and ended with him getting his first mixed martial arts loss. Uh, I wonder where his placement on the card is going to be for this one because they placed him very high last time. Co-main event. And again, I didn't really have a problem with Greg Hardy being on the card. I know that Greg Hardy, we know all the stuff that's going to follow him without with throughout his mixed martial arts career. I just thought it was weird that the UFC had been working this long and this hard to be mainstream be with ESPN they made such a big deal about being on ESPN and being this feature sport all of a sudden and now you here you are and you're delivering them this is a guy who's just starting his career off and didn't even know the rules and look we just saw in the John Jones fight you know that kneeing stuff it can be it can be it can be tricky from time to time I mean Greg's I would say was a little bit a little bit more egregious um but the thing is with that, you, you just you, you would have liked it, I think, better if it wasn't so high on the card. I mean, they put him in this spot where it's just like, all right, here's Greg Hardy. We are we are featuring this guy just because of his name and also because of the controversy. You know, I know I know Hardy probably wants to outrun a lot of that stuff, but there has to be part of him that knows, like, hey man, you're not you're not just here in the in the co main event of ESPN because people like you. Like you're here because People are kind of looking into the fishbowl, and they want to either see you see you get blasted or want to see the the circus a little bit. And that, to me, was it's just a little bit beneath the UFC. Maybe Greg Hardy will turn himself into an excellent fighter. Maybe he will. I don't know, but it just seemed like it was too much too soon for that stage. Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series. That's one thing. I don't even think he was the co-main event on some of those cards. They're just like, hey, put it on out there, but. That's a you know that's a streaming show. It's it's kind of Dana White's baby on the UFC's property, but ESPN, and they're putting him there. So this one is on ESPN as well. I don't know where they're putting him on the card. Like right now, if you go to their website, they're listing Glover Teixeira, his bout as the the co-main event right now. So I don't know. They don't technically have him on the card, but that was the report this week that he's going to be making his return. So doesn't have to travel far. He's training at Coconut Creek, an American top team. Um, 
easy travelings for him should be more comfortable for him and that'll be an interesting thing to watch as well because i'm sure everybody's going to be wanting to see what uh what greg hardy has uh has left or has has to give after that that uh that controversial ending so last night we'll get into the action we had Derek lewis taking on junior dos santos in a heavyweight matchup wichita kansas espn plus i was very excited for this fight these two guys can throw down and it was an exciting one because you know jds he's got such great boxing he's so skilled and you know Derek lewis is not only one of the most entertaining personalities in the ufc but he's also just one of the most dangerous punchers out there he is an absolute monster and these two guys were going back and forth in this first round a lot of haymakers landing, a lot of big shots landing. Derek Lewis cutting open JDS. JDS going to the body. The 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 most the craziest part of this fight happened about minute and a half left in the round. JDS hits him basically in the solar plex with his kick to the body on Derek Lewis, and Derek Lewis is heaved over. Derek Lewis doesn't like shots to the body. I mean, that's that's been a it's been a it's been a theme throughout his fights and they're not like anybody likes shots to the body like they're all they're all they're all uh they're all bad but he has this you can just tell with him it, there's a certain effect kind of like cowboy like cowboy he takes those shots and they just, they just seem like the right touch on him seems like it reacts a little bit quicker uh Derek Lewis is the same way and JDS hits him with this with this nasty kick to the to the body and Lewis is just heaved over you're like man is he a and he comes with this windmill right hand, cracks JDS to put him on the canvas. Crazy fight. Like, it was like round of the year stuff. Um, it, it really was. Just because, you know, it's not one of those things where, like, it's the most punches landed, but you could just tell, like, every one of the shots these guys are landing on each other meant something. Because of, because of the size they are, because of how good they are with their punches, every single shot that they landed had bad intentions behind it and could have been the one that ended the fight. Ends up getting into a second round. A lot of desperation in the corner of Derek Lewis. They know that he's not in a good way right now. He's still affected by this shot. Um, and and he didn't have much much longer to last as Judo Dos Santos ends up hitting him over, um, knocks him down to the ground and finishes with strikes. He gets himself the win. So that's three straight wins now for Junior Dos Santos who finds himself in a good spot as far as getting back into title contention is concerned. You know, he was eight, and you look at the guys who are above him right now, um, certainly has to be above Kane Velasquez as Kane just lost to Francis Ngannou. Um, obviously, you know, he just beat the number three guy in the world in Derek Lewis, the guy who just fought for the title. Uh, Curtis Blades, also a guy who's looking to get right after his loss to Francis Ngannou. So, you know, you look at this fight, and there's just – there is, he. You look at these rankings right now in the heavyweight division. I, I do think there is a path for Junior Dos Santos to get to the title. The thing is that heavyweight's in a weird spot right now. You know, heavyweight's in the spot where you have Daniel Cormier, who has a couple things going for him. One, he's hurt. He's hurt right now, and we don't know when he's going to be back in the cage. He was actually going to retire in about a month's time. Like that was the original plan. Like Daniel Cormier's believe the initial day and i'm bringing it up right now because it was supposed to be his 40th birthday march 20th so he's turning 40 in 10 days that was the original plan 
40 years old, done. Now he's in a position where, okay, maybe it's going to be a little bit longer than that. The big thing that lies out there is the Brock Lesnar situation because when Cormier initially won the heavyweight title, they had Brock Lesnar come into the ring, you know, blast, very WWE-esque, and Cormier was supposed to, we thought that was going to happen, then of course with Brock Lesnar there's drug testing issues, so they had to get him cleared by USADA, I think that was supposed to happen by January. But he also has the situation with the WWE where he's got a lot more of a of a burden that he has to pull. So I'd imagine he's going to WrestleMania, which is April. I don't know when DC is going to be uh is going to be ready. And then we have the situation where we actually have title contenders now. Like we are looking at a division that isn't really left in the place that it was before. Like you you want to do this fight in January. And you want to just say, DC, have this one more fight right off into the sunset. Drop the belt. Let's go. Okay. But we are getting into this situation now where when the hell is Stipe Miocic going to fight? When's Francis Ngannou going to get another crack of the title? When is JDS going to get a crack of the title? When are these guys who are knocking at the door, when do they get to fight for the championship? Do they throw an interim title? Do you need the Brock Lesnar fight to be for a title? Is that part of the appeal, to have Brock Lesnar be fighting for the heavyweight title? I mean, it's pretty ridiculous if you think about it. Think about all these guys out there who are actually earning title shots, who are former champions, and you're going to have Brock Lesnar, a sideshow, come in and fight for the heavyweight title. I'm not going to act like I don't like it or that I wouldn't be interested in it. I would be. You know, Nobody here is above the sideshow. But it's one thing to do the sideshow when there's no other options. Like when John Jones initially called out Brock Lesnar. Okay, he's beaten everybody twice over. John Jones deserves to get a little bit of a, a, a freak show fight for fun and see what we can do with that. That's fine. DC, same way. Great career, two-division champion, undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, plans on retiring. Okay. Fight Brock Lesnar. But when are you going to fight Brock Lesnar? Because there's all this stuff that keeps going forward. The Stipe factor, the John Jones factor, your retirement factor. So when's it going to happen? It it, it feels like it's either going to happen by the summer or it's not happening at all. And is that too long? Is that too long for a guy like Daniel Cormier to be holding the belt while a guy like Stipe, who's defended that belt a lot, lost it in July? You know, if Steve, if, if if DC doesn't fight by July because of because of injury, or Brock's not ready, kind of feels like the Brock thing's going by the wayside. And I get it; you kind of want to send him off with this nice retiring package. And DC's been as good an ambassador for the sport as you can have. He's been incredible. But heavyweight is getting to this point where we got to see who fights for the title again. And Steve has kind of cleaned everybody out. You know, he's beaten Francisco, he's beaten Junior dos Santos, so. Out of those three guys, he obviously deserves the shot the most, but he also hasn't fought. So we're also in this weird spot with him where, all right, who does Steve fight? Does Steve fight Cain Velasquez? You know, the, a high-profile match we haven't seen with him yet. Does he get to just wait it out until, until the DC fight? Because he did lose in devastating fashion at DC. DC made the point that I've fought since Stipe 
since the Stipe fight. Stipe has not. You know, it, it, it's a weird spot, but it feels like it's it's it, it's getting. I feel like with last night, the clock kind of started on needing answers. If D, if Derek Lewis would have won, could have held off on it a little bit because Derek just fought for the title. There's no need to to rush, but you know we're now at this point where you got a former champion, Judo Dos Santos, worthy worthy heavyweight title contender. You have Steve Miocic, who def- who's defended that belt more than anybody. You got Franz Singano, who's obviously as marketable as it gets, uh, as a physical specimen. Seeing him in a fight with Daniel Cormier is kind of fun. It, and it almost feels like obviously with Brock Lesnar you have the WWE fans, but if you want the freak show factor, like. Friends and Ganu versus Daniel Cormier. Sign me up. That is a freak show I am down to see. You're talking about 5'9", Daniel Cormier, butterballing his way into the ring, just ragdolling Friends and Ganu, who's got just two absolute rockets for punches. I mean, this is... That's your freak... That is a freak show, if you want the freak show factor. But what point do we get to with either DC's health or with how long he's had the title or with the Brock Lesnar factor. Like, how long do you wait it out? It's in a weird spot right now. We're back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back, guys. A couple of the boxing notes from last night. As far as the action is concerned, your main event, you had the zone. Dimitri Bivol. He put a put a show on against Joe Smith Jr. Tactical breakdown of Joe Smith, who was known for the guy who ended Bernard Hopkins' career, hit him out of the ring. Um, Dimitri Bivol is a, is a dangerous fighter. I don't really know. He's it's tough on him to find matchups right now, uh, as far as you know what what gets him right, you know. But he's a very skilled dude. He's a very skilled dude, and you can just see there's there's not a whole lot of weaknesses there. And, uh, and a good performance for him. The other one that was a little bit more controversial, you had Sean Porter against your Dennis Ugas uh, yesterday. And, and Porter ended up winning by split decision. And it was dicey. It was dicey. I guess this is the one thing you could just say with Sean Porter. You know, he had trouble making weight. It took two attempts for him to get there. So maybe that was one of those things where he was um, not feeling his best getting into the getting into the ring when you have to, to cut twice. To even, to even get in there and defend your title the right way. Maybe we weren't seeing him at, at, at optimal level, but, you know, that was a high-pressure situation for him because, you know, there's there's a lot of guys there on stage who are watching him and want a piece of Sean Porter. Um, Keith Thurman on the broadcast. You got Errol Spence coming up next week. We're going to be out in Dallas for Errol Spence versus Mikey Garcia, which is just – it's an awesome fight as far as two guys who are supremely skilled – and I mean, just just the onions on Mikey Garcia to want to make this fight happen because he's stepping up. And we're talking about the 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 unified lightweight champion of the world who is ha- who has contractual issues with working with top ranks. So the idea that the Vasily Lomachenko fight is going to happen is probably unlikely. You know, pff, boxing, boxing being boxing in that regard, and. He's looking for a big fight. This is the one thing you got to like about Mikey Garcia. This guy is going to throw caution to the wind to make a name for himself. And this is the type of risk where you're taking on a guy who is looked upon as 
top five pound for pound, one or two in welterweight in Errol Spence. It's it's either him or, or Terrence Crawford. And he wants to, to go get a piece of that. And everyone's kind of looking around like, man, really? This is, you, you, you know, you, you sure you want to do this? Because, listen, look, this is a sport where the, the guys who are at the cream of the crop, who, who, are, are, who are at the top of it, are so often protected and, and, and so often are in the position where the people around them want to keep that record safe and want to keep it in a position where everything keeps flowing. But for Mikey, you know, he's smart enough to know, like, look, I got to go make my name. I got to go make myself stand out from everybody else because even though he is as skilled as he is and he he's he's like oh he's almost like the Tim Duncan of boxing like there's just he's he's so fundamentally sound he's so damn good at everything and so crisp and so clean you know it's almost like one of those things of what is going to be the thing that makes him stand out because it's not it's not necessarily devastating knockout power it's not necessarily devastating speed it's not necessarily it's not necessarily one attribute. It's just that everything is just so pristine when he goes out there and does it. What can he do to make himself stand out? What is he going to do? He's going to go take on the the welterweight champion of the world in that guy's, in in, uh, in Jerry's world, in a big-time stage, on pay-per-view. And if he wins this fight, you're talking about just an, just, just an, uh, an all-time great accomplishment that he's done, where he's, he's stepping up in, in a couple of weight classes – to go take on Errol Spence, who everybody wants to go see. Everybody's been waiting. You know, both of these guys are in a position where I think if we had our ways about it, like if it was, if it's, if this was, if this was boxing Candyland, if we were able to, 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 to turn this into just the happiest place on fight fans earth, you know, this would be like a, a co-feature. You'd have like Errol Spence taking on Terrence Crawford and Vasily Lomachenko taking on Mikey Garcia and boom, those are, and then you just have two guys reigning supreme over their respective divisions. But this is an imperfect world and an imperfect sport when it comes to making the fights that everybody wants to see. So you have an imperfect solution, but it doesn't mean that it's a bad solution. Mikey Garcia, Errol Spence, if anything, is intriguing. But to me, it feels like we're going to know pretty quickly how this fight's going to go. You know, is Mikey Garcia going to be good enough and slick enough and, and 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 precise enough? Because this is what it feels like. It feels like for the guy who's one of the most precise fighters in the sport, you almost got you almost got to have like a, a perfect. It's almost like one of these things where it feels like he has to have a perfect score to go win this fight, and. I don't know if Errol Spence needs that. You're talking about Errol Spence is, you know, what, retired like the last nine guys he's fought. He's gone out there and stopped. And, no, by no means is Mikey Garcia a guy who goes and, and stops people even at his championship weight class. So when you're looking at that and you're looking at this matchup, you're just like, hey, you know, maybe he goes out there and he can just outclass him, school him, and, and box him. But you're not exactly talking about an unskilled fighter here in Errol Spence. So... Where does he go get the victory? You know, can he can he be that much a cut above him as a boxer? Can he be that much of a perfectionist to go get this fight? And I look, I I certainly say like he's he's he, he I I I am not in this position where I, I can pick that. I can't. I can't. You just like real. I mean, if he does, 
If you're talking, you got to realize what kind of an accomplishment this is. To think about what this guy, this guy could have been riding pretty. They could have found fights for this guy. This guy could be like everybody else, where you are looking at him and saying, "Hey, man, well, you know, just let's, let's just ride 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 the train here a little bit." They've given him high profile fights before. The charismatic dude and spit on the mic a little bit, but he's like, "Nah, man, I'm going to look. You know, I'm going to look for the for the big fish." I'm 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 not I'm not out here to I'm not I'm not out here to to go out this a uh <laughs> to 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 play the safer. And that look, there's got to be part of it. If you're in Garcia's camp, they're just like, "Man, if if you're a man willing to do this, what what is what is uh what is a couple extra inches of height and a couple and a little bit of reach?" It's not something like look, we haven't it's something we haven't seen before. We did see this with Manny. Like, Manny was going up in weight and fighting much bigger dudes, but the difference was you're talking about one of those dynamic punchers in boxing, pound for pound. Manny Pacquiao sat people down, stopped fights on the reg. Like, this this is this is how he went out and won. He devastated guys. Mikey does not do that. Mikey's, Mikey's just better in skill. He's better... In 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 the, in the performance he goes out there, it's it's like art watching him. But the idea that he's going to go sit Errol Spence down, I mean, that is just it, it would be so surprising to see that. But there's also got to you got to you got to you got to account for crazy. You got to account for a guy who has that kind of belief in himself as well. Like it almost feels like it's silly to write somebody like that off, a world class fighter like him, one of the best pound for pound on the planet to do it. It does feel like Errol Spence, who is obviously excellent and is maybe the best welterweight on the planet. And if it's not him, it's it's Terrence Crawford. He thinks himself number one. As cool as it gets, just a real laid-back dude as far as personality is concerned. You know, you just like his vibe. And he's looking in this, and it's like, well... Is there is there an idea where maybe he takes this a little bit too easy? You know, he's waiting for the for the Terrence Crawford stuff to shake out, and he's just like, "All right, I'll take on a lightweight. I'll take I'll take on a guy who's a who's the who's the who's the two divisions below me champion. Sure, sign me up. What? Oh, and it's gonna be on pay per view. We're gonna get the big show here. It's gonna be in Jerry's world. Sign me up. So." For a guy who who appears laid back in personality, is it is there a possibility where he's like he's too laid back? I don't know. I mean, look, these guys are so excellent, they're so great. It's hard to imagine that that would be the case, but it does happen. You know, like look, it's a natural thing where a, a fighter can go into these things a little let down, feeling like he can't be hurt. If Earl thinks he can't be hurt in this fight, can't be can't be punished at all. No, no real risk. You know, I mean, can Mikey Garcia give him anything to, 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 you know, can, can he, can he make Errol Spence respect him enough to where he's not going to risk something to where, to where Errol Spence is going to think twice about getting inside? Can he be, can he, can he, can he, can he deliver three to Errol Spence's one? That's the real case here. But it just feels like he's got to be too perfect. Feels like he has to be too perfect. So I'm going to go with Errol Spence to win the fight, and it doesn't feel like I'm going on a huge limb of that. But, man, you just have to admire Mikey Garcia for even wanting this bout and making this thing happen. 
We're back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back, guys. Fighters Fury here on The Ticket. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you. Thank you. If you missed our announcement at the top of the show, for all my fight fans out there, we will have the hookup for you every day this week from 1 to 4. We will be giving a pair of tickets away to the UFC Fort Lauderdale card, UFC at the BB&T Center on April 27th. Yoel Romero versus Jacare Souza. The rematch, very much looking forward to that. So if you guys are fight fans, and I imagine unless you are just uh, not wanting to listen to gambling advice on one of the other stations, you probably are a fight fan listening to this show. That's pretty cool. So one to four every day this week, giving a pair of tickets away during Tobin, Leroy, and Beast. Hashtag third hour. Uh, hope you guys can tune in. Uh, got ourselves a really good card. Speaking of uh, next week, fun fight weekend. Now, it's going to be a fun fight Saturday because not only do you have Errol Spence versus Mikey Garcia, but next week, got ourselves a hell of a main event going on UFC. Darren Till versus Jorge Masvidal. You know we love Jorge Masvidal. We don't pick against Jorge Masvidal on the show. We have, we have a couple of rules on this show, and one of those rules is we don't pick against Jorge Masvidal. So... Of course, we're gonna go with we're gonna go with uh, the 305 zone against Darren Till. Going over there, in London, love. With all those with all those jolly good blokes singing "Sweet Caroline" on the the ring. So of course we're going with Masvidal, man. Darren Till, who's uh, gonna get that home that home field advantage for himself. Masvidal cares nothing about that. I hope Masvidal will still do the quick turnaround. That'd be kind of cool. Win this fight and then fight on the South Florida crowd that he kind of badass. But I think that was kind of like a Miami thing he only wanted to do. If I if I remember his call. He he deserves that, man. The fight in uh, the fight down here. They got a lot of good stuff coming up here next week. You got uh you got XFN who's got a card coming up next week. Um you got Titan FC's got a card coming up next week. So if you guys want some some regional action and you guys want to see some great cards, I recommend that. Um because, you know, as much as we always sit here and say, well, not only do we want the card, we want the right card that's going down here. Um, this, is a, this is a great place to go do it, man. Like, XFN's got their stuff going on uh, Saturday. They'll be at War Memorial Stadium. So if you're a mixed martial arts fan and you want to go check that out, they put on a hell of a card. I've been ringside for them. That's going down Saturday, March 16th. And according to their card, doors open at 3. The first fight is at 4 p.m. So you get a little matinee action for yourself and then titan fc i believe is going down the 15th if i'm not mistaken and that'll be a hell of a one too i've been to those at the um extreme action park those are really fun as well Leroy and i were at the last one things got crazy things got crazy the last time we were there and i think their flyway titles on the mount i think we're actually gonna have a, a couple of those guys in the studio this week so that should be fun as well but uh a lot of fun and I believe Gilbert Burns and Gleason Tebow are taking, like, in a grappling match, a combat grappling match, which I've seen before. It's kind of crazy. Slap each other while going for submissions. It's pretty wild. So you got that stuff locally if you're looking for some action in the coming weekend. Titan FC is Friday the 15th at Extreme Action Park, and then you have XFN at War Memorial Stadium on Saturday afternoon. That card starts at 4 p.m., and also we got news this week shout out to uh, our guy harold calderon he is going to be back in action on march 22nd i believe it is let me get it up on his instagram so i'm not making a mistake 
He is fighting March 22nd at the Mikasuki Casino. So you guys can check that out. He's looking to go to 19-0, and 0, the, uh, the local welterweight. So some friends of the show, some, uh, some action that's going down locally. You guys can check that out. Highly recommend it. But, uh, yeah, obviously rooting for Harry Masvidal next week as he's taking on Darren Till. Darren Till's a big dude. He brings, uh, obviously, that size. But, I mean, like, look, Jorge Masvidal's been fighting for so damn long. He's been fighting all over the world in every kind of promotion. UFC veteran, done this before where he's gone to hostile territory and won. Smoking Donald Cerrone in Dallas comes to mind. Um, And you got to wonder how Darren Till is after that beating Tyron Woodley put on him. You know, that's that's a big thing. You know, they tried to do this quick buildup with Darren Till. And, you know, they 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 kind of coronated him the next guy. They were hoping that this guy was going to be, like, their next McGregor. You know, dude who talks a lot of smack, European, obviously going to have a great fan base behind him. You know, but when you take a loss like that, the way he did to Tyron Woodley, what is the effect going to be on him? Does it does it make you feel like you're a little bit less impenetrable? Does he train better? I don't know. There's also been this flirtation with um, – with middleweight, you know, he's he's kind of been one foot in, one foot out on wanting to jump. He's going to stay at welterweight. Um, you know, the, the, there's just things with Darren Till that, I, to me, they're concerning. You know, it was good that he burst onto the scene with that win over Cowboy Cerrone and busted his nose. Um, you know, was able to knock down Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. But I, 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 I do feel like it all kind of came on a little bit too soon. They... They built him up to be this monster that I don't know that he is. And and one thing I know about Jorge Masvidal is he's 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 a certified badass. He gets rattled by nothing. And all this smack talk, bravado, sweet Caroline, that is not going to affect. You're talking about a guy who was built in the back streets of Miami, um, who was fighting when it was for scraps. Now you're talking about a main eventing a card in Europe. So I don't know. It's just I, I'm, I'm just not. I'm not quite in the camp of being a Darren Till believer yet, and I'm always going to be a Masvidal believer. You know, call me a homer if you want to, but I do believe that the guy has these big concerns around him that have yet to be answered. I get, I get the idea of Darren Till, and you like, I get, I get why they want him to be great, and the ideas of why you think he should be great. I just don't know if he is championship great. You know. He has a tremendous confidence about himself. He he, um, he he speaks of all that stuff, but we have seen flaws. We have seen flaws with his discipline. We have seen flaws with how he reacts to that weight cutting. We've seen flaws with him in the ring. And so, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot more questions than answers when it comes to Darren Till. I really do. There were some more fights that were announced this week. This was fascinating. Speaking of Cerrone. So he was speaking to ESPN this week and shed a little light on a claim that Joe Rogan made on his podcast. And what Joe was talking about was that Conor McGregor versus Donald Cerrone is being held up because it is try- the, the UFC is trying to make it a co-main event. And... Dana kind of spoke to this at the end of the last pay-per-view card where he's like, yeah, it's not even close. And I guess Cerrone shed a little bit more light on it where he's like, yeah, the initial plan was for us to fight in April. Now they're exploring 
July 26th, uh, they're exploring July 6th, which I would guess is going to be International Fight Week. Um, and Cowboy told ESPN, Connor won't fight unless it's a main event. I don't know if it's an ego thing or a status thing. I don't give a bleep. I'll fight anyone, anywhere, and I'll stand by that all the time. I guess he's a prima donna and only takes main event spots. I don't know. Um, he goes on to say, we were all waiting for Connor in April. He said he wasn't ready. I don't know how in one breath you could say I'll fight anyone, anytime, anywhere, and the next day that I'm not ready. I'm more annoyed that he went radio silent after putting it out there. You remember after Cowboy's performance against Alex uh, Alexander Hernandez, he's like, boom, for that Cowboy, I will fight you. And it seemed like this was a match made in heaven. Uh, also seemed like the right time, right fight at the right time for Connor because you know, Connor had the the loss to, to Khabib and um, decidedly, decidedly, you know, quite frankly, was dominated. And it felt like he needed to get back in the win column, and this is a good matchup for him. Not necessarily an easy win, but this is a guy you know is going to stand and bang with. I can't imagine Cowboy's going to play the takedown game with Connor. He's been wanting this one for a long time, so these guys are essentially going to go in there and fight a kickboxing match, it would seem. But this holdup over the co-main event, there's something about me that just doesn't buy it one, I can't imagine the UFC really wanted to hold something up over a co-main event. Unless there's something with Connor's contract to where they're trying to get on the cheap by putting him in the co-main event. But I can't even believe that they would want to go that route with Connor McGregor because you know that he's going to expose that. So, I don't know. There's part of me that's just wondering if it's just an... You know, ultimately, I think this is just a numbers game, but I, I can't imagine... You would have any card with Conor McGregor and it not be the main event. What could possibly top of it? Like, what What title fight? The only thing that could, the only thing, the only thing that I think could dethrone Conor in main event status would be Brock fighting for the heavyweight title. And that's it. Maybe Ronda Rousey's comeback? Like, if she's leaving the WWE and says, hey, by the way, everybody, I'm back. But... Even then, this guy smashed those pay-per-view records. He's the face of UFC. I just I find it a little weird. I don't I don't necessarily buy it. I'm looking for more details on this one because the initial thing that's come out, it sounds like a holdover excuse. It sounds like there's a bigger issue, and what they're telling everybody is, oh, Connor doesn't want it to be a co-main event. We want a championship fight as the main event. It's like all right, but you've put him in the main event before against Nate Diaz twice. Were they not two of the most highly sold pay-per-views of all time? Connor's his own belt. I didn't really get that, I, and I don't necessarily buy it. Uh, speaking of pay-per-view, looks like Deontay Wilder is going to be fighting Dominic Brazil on pay-per-view in May, so you'll have to fork down some dough for that. And there was this news that came out on Deontay Wilder this week. He is... Apparently meeting with DAZN with John Skipper, the former president of ESPN, now running DAZN. And this was apparently set up through Lou DiBella, one of his uh, – it's hard to say what Lou DiBella is. He's kind of like a go-between. He's not really his promoter. He's not really his advisor. His advisor is Al Heyman. Shelly Finkel's his manager. I guess I guess Lou is kind of his promoter. I don't know. He's, he's got a lot of – you know, Deontay's got kind of a strange setup as far as he doesn't have just one guy to go between. He's got a bunch of dudes. But um, 
He's going to be with DAZN this week. Apparently, it doesn't involve Eddie Hearn because those two hate each other like poison. Mostly Deontay hating on Eddie Hearn. But obviously, if he signs with DAZN, that'll make the easy route to a Deontay Wilder versus Anthony Joshua fighting good for him. I hope that does happen. Like the move that Tyson Fury pulled, if it's true what happened, where they had, you know, the the trailer ready to go and the rematch was ready to go, and he just kind of swooped out and was like, nah, never mind. I'm a I'm an ESPN top rank fighter now. It's like, hey man, you, you, I don't know what possessed you at the end of that fight. Um that you got up from that from that 10 count. I don't know what it was. It was divine. But you can sit around here and hearken and say, oh, you got screwed on the scorecard, shouldn't have been a draw. I agree with you. You did win that fight. However, however, you did get put on your ass twice. So this idea that you schooled Deontay Wilder, I wasn't going into that fight expecting Deontay Wilder to outclass you as a boxer. I was expecting him to go out there, put his right hand on your chin, and send you to the canvas multiple times. And so, you may feel like, yes, you should have gotten your hand raised. But do you feel like you won the fight? You know what it means? Like, I don't mean to have that as a cop-out for Deontay Wilder, but the conclusion of that was, hey, you you, you came up like a miracle, uh, you know, something out of a WWE Undertaker match. And yeah, you fought back a little. Like, everybody comes back, oh, you came back and won that fight. No, no, no. One guy was almost left for dead in the round. The other guy hit him with a couple of punches afterwards. It was a gutsy performance. I'm not taking anything away from Tyson Fury. But for me, watching how that all went down, to not really want a conclusion of how does this go, yeah, I- I'm sorry. I can't go into this and thinking, like, I'm not going to fight that guy again um, without getting substantial money because he almost destroyed me. I That's just what I draw. And so the fact that it can't happen, Everybody should be wanting Deontay Wilder. He's an exciting fighter. He knocks everybody out and is just a fun watch. Yes, he's not the purest boxer out of any of these guys, but who cares? Who cares? You know you're going to go in there. He's going to throw bombs, and it's either going to result in a big mistake for him or a bad mistake for you. So who doesn't want that? It's, it's, it's one of the purest things a boxing fan should want when going into a mainstream heavyweight championship fight so i hope he gets uh i hope he gets his matchup with aj that'd be pretty tremendous if that comes down uh and then the final news of the week paulie malinaji he has signed a two-year contract to fight at bare knuckle fighting championship his first fight is going to take place in june a lot of people think it's going against uh artem loboff who is conor mcgregor's stablemate and it did not take long for paulie malinaji to call out conor mcgregor he tweeted out conor the coward with two minute rounds i'm not even sure you can quit at this it's time to settle it, and then that's uh, Bare Knuckle FC. So we'll see. I highly doubt it. I don't think that Bare Knuckle FC probably has the coin for Conor McGregor, but that Bare Knuckle stuff is getting popular, man. A lot of promotions popping up with that. At least, you know, hopefully this one pays people. I know they, uh, the other one didn't, and uh, we got our guy Dada. His car is coming up in April on that as well. All right, everybody, have a great rest of your Sunday. Again, if you guys want tickets to UFC Fort Lauderdale, April 27th, be listening 1 to 4 p.m. every day this week. During my show with Leroy and Beast, we will be giving a pair of tickets away every single day during the show this week, so you guys can look out for that. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast on the radio.com app or wherever podcasts are available, and we'll talk to you next week. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, 
They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.